0: Welcome back to another Daily Walk. And today I was asked in the comments the other day about the unpardonable sin, uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. I thought this would be a great discussion. We've talked about this kind of stuff on the channel in the past, but I wanted to bring it back together, pull out just a couple, just a few supporting verses. This is a deep area because there's a lot of conflict in, and what it starts with is the, uh, the factual thing that, it is absolutely true that there are different gradations of sin. People go, oh, no. The Bible speaks to it quite a bit. Some sins in the Bible, it even speaks as, just go give a little sacrifice. Some sins, go take them outside and stone them. That is a social level of different gradations of sin. But even on the eternal impact, there are different gradations of sin. But as we investigate this, what I want to do is I want to start by saying all sin, major or minor, all sin separates us from God. And so so while all sin separates us from God, no matter how major or minor, because God himself is a holy God and Sin inside of his presence is a no go. And so we'll start with that. But when we talk about how sin impacts our lives as people, and when we talk about sin as consequences in society, there are definitely different levels, different gradations. And so it bears a discussion. Now, some sins are actually worse. and so as I look at this one here, let's just have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Uh, this one, Paul says, flee immorality. Now, that's the NASB translation, and this is the one place that the uh, NASB does not do a good translation job. The NIV and the King James, I believe, both say flee sexual immorality. Specifically, he's talking about sexual immorality. It's very clear if you read the rest of the chapter. He says, every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. So specifically, sexual sin has a deep level of impact on us on a personal level. And that is something that you want to avoid. This is why um, bestiality, homosexuality, adultery, fornication, all in the Old Testament law required a death sentence. If you're caught in the act of a sexual sin, it was take them out and stone them. It is a huge detriment on society. It is a huge detriment on the personal life as well. And so a person who steals uh, particularly motivations. If you steal because you're hungry, that's a whole lot less of an offense before God than stealing uh, because you want to or stealing for some other reason. Uh, maybe stealing because you don't want to utilize your resources instead. So, But if you are stealing out of absolute need, it is still a sin. Both of those are a sin. In fact, I didn't pull it out here, but there is a proverb uh, I think it was under the Proverbs of Lemuel. It's later on. I think it's like uh, Proverbs 30, if I remember correctly. And it says, give me just enough, Lord. Don't give me so much that I forget about you, but don't give me so little that I have to steal and profane your name. And so that is really a, uh, a good balance to that. Uh, in fact, in, in uh, Exodus 22, verse 1 It says, if a man steals an ox or a sheep or slaughters it or sells it, he must pay five oxen for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. So what we see in that instance is this is a sin somebody does that didn't require death, it just required payback. And so in society itself this is where America is starting to break down because we don't want to throw people in jail for theft. We're like, oh, that's just minor, so let it happen. And then our entire cities move out and then entire people sit back and say, all of these racist companies are leaving our cities. No, they're leaving your cities because you have disempowered the police to do anything. For example, look at the statistics in 20, was it 2023? Um, I believe there were like 6,000 arrests in New York City. Now, that is a lower number because people stopped calling the police because they're like, yeah, if it's not over a certain amount, we're not doing anything. Of the 6,000 arrests, those 6,000 arrests were committed by 327 people. 327 people that if you arrested them the first time and kept them in jail... They wouldn't have gone out, the police would have only had to do a maximum of 327. But we also can think that if he started actually throwing people in jail, people might get the message to stop stealing. You see, I learned the same principle as a college professor. You put in your syllabus, I don't accept late homework. If the first week of class, you accept late homework because you're being gracious since the first week of class, you're gonna be dealing with late homework the rest of the semester. But the first week of class, Somebody, first person comes in and says, oh, I uh, forgot my homework, can I bring it tomorrow? No, I don't accept late homework, it's in the syllabus. I'm sorry about that. Let me tell you something, not only that person will never be late on their homework again, nobody else in the class will be late on their homework again because all of those students pair up against that teacher, I promise you, it's crazy. But when you stand firm, you don't have it. So when sin is dealt with in society, society is better off hands down. So we can't be ultra compassionate at all times. Um, I'm okay with giving people one chance for minor offenses. Their second offense, even if it's minor, maximum penalty them. First one, give them a little bit of grace. Second time, maximum penalty. That'll start going around this community. Eh, let's not commit crime around here. Mm. That's why, um, uh, Maricopa County had the absolute lowest recidivism rate for a while because they had the these prisons where you would go in there and you're in you're doing hard labor camp in the Arizona sun in the desert and you didn't have your TVs and your weight rooms and all these things you had bologna sandwiches every day and that was your jail sentence. I don't believe they're doing that anymore, but they had like almost no citizen, right? People like this sucks. We're not committing a crime in this county again. Now they might go to the next county and commit a crime um, and get kid gloved. But uh, with that, um, we want to move on into this curious little statement as we're talking about gradations of sin. The purpose here is to tell you that, yes, there are differences. Some sins are worse than other on a on a personal, a societal level. All sin separates us from God. But this is a curious little statement, 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask God and will give life to those who commit a sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say he should make request for it. All unrighteousness is a sin, and there is a sin not leading to death. Well, what's he talking about here? He's just, in this instance, he's just kind of talking about uh, uh, just about there's there's different levels of sins there's different levels of of uh, of consequences. Uh, it's not like a, a black and white, you have to remember that John writes in a lot of black and white terms, and so he's just alluding to the fact that there's some circumstances we don't need to pray for the person because, dude, we've helped them, we've given them all what we can. All they can do is suffer the consequences and hopefully repent. This is what was going on in 1 Corinthians. We talked about this in a little bit more detail. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, that, that's going to be our upcoming studies in, in, in Haggai, And I apologize, or in Micah later. I think we did that on Micah 7. Uh, I thought I did it in my last uh, prophet series. That's upcoming. I, I have too many Bible studies going at too much time. Uh, that was something made with there. But um, in, in 1 Corinthians, we hear about a man who's committing a lot of sin in the church. And Paul says, hey, cast this guy out for me because he's an unrepented sinner. Well, they cast out. He learned his lesson. He's like, I, okay, I admit I was a sinner. Can I come back? And I'm like, no, you can't come back. And Paul writes him another way saying, guys, the whole purpose is to get him to repent. Now that he's repented, you need to bring him back into your fellowship. That's the purpose of, uh, uh, of the consequences of the, the discipline inside of the church. But this then is going to lead us to our key text and the one that somebody asked us about, the unpardonable sin. Because this is from Jesus and a lot more explanation that suggests yet this, there is indeed a sin that you will not come back from. So, of course, Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 32, and I thought about trying to cut this down a little bit, but I really think you need a greater context. So we're going to read a larger, larger portion here. A demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and he healed him, so that the mute man spoke and saw. All the crowds were amazed, and he said, this man cannot be the son of David, can he? But when the, prophet, or when the Pharisees uh, heard this, they said, this man casts out demons by Baal's above, the ruler of demons. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a city or house divided against itself cannot stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? If I, by Beelzebub, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God comes upon you. Or how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder the house? So there is the setup. And then it gets into this, verses 30 through 32. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people. But blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. So we have a case where there is a sin that is leading to eternal damnation. That sin is roughly called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and people for ages have wondered what it is so that they make sure they do not commit it. And this brings in some other theological terms. Uh, Of course, in the correct system of Calvinism or the doctrines of grace, however they are trendy to say these days, and we're not talking fatalistic hyper-Calvinism. That is an aberration. That is not what Calvinism teaches. We have the concept of the elect and the reprobate. Now, we have an instantaneous state of a man's soul as well. So a man can be in a present state of not being saved, yet still be among the elect. Okay? Okay. What the theory is, is a person who is among the elect is not capable of committing the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. A reprobate person is capable. But again, what is it? I think the overall best definition, uh, as people have come to an understanding, it is to attribute to Satan the powers of the Holy Spirit. So remember the Holy Spirit, one of the triune positions of God, is specifically here to ju- um, illustrate to the world what justice is. It is to convict people of their sin. It is to turn them back to God, and it is also to seal us for our salvation. Those various elements throughout, we're not obviously going to look for verses about those. I think I have verses detailing the Holy Spirit, particularly among our Foundations course, which we did years ago. So that'd be a great place to go looking for some of that because God the Father uh, deems and determines our salvation. God the Son accomplishes it, and God the Spirit seals our salvation. But in in John, um, I think it's 14 and 16, uh, where he's talking about the Holy Spirit, he assigns specific roles, and one of them is to convict the world of sin. So attributing to Satan the things the Holy Spirit does is what it appears as though blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. A person who is a saved person cannot just is not physically capable of doing so. Although how the nuance is involved in that, that is still a little bit more of a mystery. And so we'll have to leave it at that. But that is hopefully a summary of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit under the backdrop that some sins are different than others. Some of them have deeper consequences than others. And we have to keep that in mind as we live out our lives in Christ. Because even... What you might think is just a small little sin could lead to a lifetime of detriment if you follow through certain sins. So hopefully that has been beneficial. Have a look at the website, ourwalkingchrist.com, if you'd like to uh, see any of the books that we're doing or uh, f- follow along with this or other podcasts or see some of the other video content we have. With that, thanks for watching, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walking Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation.